everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of the Theater Enthusiast Podcast. As always, I am drinking out of my hot priest mug. The hot priest candle is lit to bless this podcast. And I have to say, and I, I literally say this every single podcast, I'm very excited about our next guest. And I am pretty sure that I've said this to her face many times, that she is like, she's a gem of a human being. I've said that to you before. And I even tell people when I'm like, oh my God, this person, I love her. She's a gem of a human. So without further ado, Lisa C.M. Lamoff. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> You're great. Thank you, Allison. Happy okay. to be here. So what's funny about that app is like, I don't know if it's because of Zoom or the microphone, but like we'll hear it and then you'll hear it for like two seconds on the recording and it's like, whoo, and then like nothing. Oh, no. <laughs> so um, I drink out of my hot priest mug and I already showed you your mugs, but the people who are listening don't know what mugs I have for you. So um, normally I do one mug, sometimes I do two, depending. So for Lisa, I have Terrence McNally's Frankie and Johnny and the Claire de Lune. Not because I think she should be in the show. Um, I don't think you would ever do that show. Um, I mean, would you get naked on stage? Exactly. So Lisa won't do that show. Um, (laughs) But the reason I have it is because Lisa is like the number one Audrey McDonald fan that I know. And you know what? She's my personal Audrey McDonald. How about that? There's nothing you can't do. And I also have my Shakespeare's love mug. Should I read a quote? Yes. Let's do, I do love nothing in the world so well as you. Is that, no, is not that strange. Is not that, wow. Shakespeare bringing, starting the Yoda trend. Is not (laughs) that strange. Maybe I just read that wrong. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Allison. How are you? I am well. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. This has been a long time coming, having you on the podcast. <laughs> we did it. We finally did it, you guys. Oh, my God. So I like to start off with, where are you from? I am equal parts from New York and New Jersey. I very much tell people I'm from both places because I was born in the city, but I grew up in New Jersey, and I've been back in New York for the past years so a good while (laughs) I do remember when you like had an apartment with your dad how this probably like 10 or less years ago Mm -hmm. there was like a huge mouse infestation in my apartment and um I was just like nope and so I called Lisa I was like can I please sleep over so (laughs) at 11 or 12 at night I hopped into a cab I'm like went over to your apartment just to sleep there. And I left at like six in the morning because uh, I had work the next day. You forgot about that. Yeah. yeah well, New York City, unfortunately, these very sad things happen. Yeah. That was more so like my older brother. You know what? I don't want to jinx it because this apartment's been good. I'm in a new place, same building. I will say they just fixed my toilet though. And it doesn't wobble every time I sit down. So that's a new experience. That's nice. My refrigerator just started working today. It's been broken since Sunday night. So that's cool. Well, at least it's only (laughs) been Sunday and not like, I thought you're going to be like, it's been broken for a year. Oh my gosh. No. 
but I did have no gas for, oh my gosh, I think it was like eight months, something. Oh, they like a year in my building. Ah, yeah. This happens. Nobody tells you that. This just like happens. Some buildings just, there's no gas and they don't mm-hmm. technically have to really do anything other than give you hot plates and it just takes forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, they also deducted our rent a little bit too because of it. Oh, well, that's nice. They did yeah. not. Well, because of the pandemic, like, you know, they deducted my rent a lot this year. To, yeah. like, well, it, it also was a battle to have them do it. My dad knows somebody. He's like, am I calling this person? And I said, yes, please. And he goes, you know what? This guy should do it because you were unemployed for 11 months. And that 11 months, you paid full rent. And I didn't call him and ask him for a favor. So there you go. Okay, so... New Jersey. So where did you go to like elementary, middle school, high school? I went to three elementary schools. <laughs> okay. We moved. Um, and that I hit the trifecta. So New York, and then we moved to Westchester, and then we moved to New Jersey, which is where I settled. Um, and then I did middle and high school in New Jersey. Got it. So where would you say your love of theater started? The theater. Um did it not start I like I really I can right yeah <laughs> I my bat theme was Broadway but I feel like I also copied <laughs> my sister but we were also like she and I loved Broadway so I love hearing people's like bar and bat mitzvah themes they're just it's the best oh yeah it was Broadway what else would it be <laughs> um, O-Town no that was <laughs> high school yeah that was later mm-hmm. um so I think for me, it definitely was super young. I mean, I definitely loved, I came out singing and dancing. Like I was like that kid who would always do shows for people. Like my mom always talks about how she would pick me up from Sunday school and they would be like, oh my gosh, Lisa's your baby. She was dancing for everyone. Like it just was always kind of that kid. And then um, my mom is actually a really fierce designer and seamstress. So I grew up going to rehearsals with her because my mom was kind of, you know, her way of doing the working mom thing was to just bring us with her everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I, also your mom is awesome. Yeah. My mom is a cool lady. She's very much one of a kind. So she mm-hmm. would just bring us with her a lot and she'd just be like, stay in the corner and be quiet. So I would just be in rehearsal studios a lot, just, you know, sitting in the floor of city center, watching everyone dance around or like wh- wherever we were. Um, so, and uh, that's- Hold on, you know, were any of these places- that you sat in on was Audra McDonald there. No, but that would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. That would have um, just been like your lifelong. <laughs> that would be so full circle, right? Imagine if you ended up working as a dresser on a Broadway show that Audra McDonald was in. Um, or as an actor. Or as an actor on a Broadway show <laughs> that Audra McDonald is in. That's the real dream. I mean, they're both the dream, but yes, that would be amazing. I would love that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, listen, that if, there's ever, if I ever direct a revival of Ragtime on Broadway, which I highly doubt will ever happen, and I also think Bart Cher should direct the next revival of uh, Ragtime, I would good. have you as my Sarah. Thank you, dear. I You're welcome. Um, but no, but I always think about that experience I had, like going to rehearsals with my mom. And I always say that's why I'm more of a theater person and a process person, because it really was the rehearsals that spoke to me. The time when you just, you know, try stuff out and like, you know, just hanging with everyone. Like that's, that's my idea of like collaborative arts. That's what I like doing. Mm-hmm. 
So when you were deciding on college, (laughs) what made you, like, what schools did you audition for? What made you decide to go to where you went to? It was the worst. Um, I had a very narrow, very short list because one thing about me is like, once I decide I know what I want, that's what I'm doing. And there's not a single deviation that I can be talked into. So I decided I was getting a BFA in musical theater and I decided I was going to New York City, maybe somewhere close by. Um, But that actually shrunk my list really significantly because I wasn't interested in getting a BFA in theater or music. I wasn't interested in a BA. I only wanted a BFA program. So um, there were really only a few schools that I auditioned for and took seriously um, because I mean, even fantastic institutions like the Hart School, which I wish I would have considered more in my mind. I was like, "Mm, that's Connecticut. I'm already in New Jersey. I'm already so far. Yeah. (laughs) So um, it was it was it was a short list. And I think when it came down to it, I was um, looking at Pace, AMDA, NYU, Montclair. That was kind of it. I think I auditioned or looked at a few others as like maybes. Um, and I didn't really get to give NYU an honest shot. I had strep throat and they wouldn't let me reschedule my audition. So I auditioned with strep throat and did not get in. Um, well, okay. First of all, I know everyone probably got infected. (laughs) First of all, if you're just like, hi, I have strep throat. They didn't like, did you say that in your audition? No, I just said, I don't feel well. Oh, okay. I would have been like called and said, I have strep throat because I thought that they would say, oh, let's reschedule you Mm because I couldn't really talk, but they were like, oh, sorry, we don't reschedule. And I was like, I would have shown up and I've been like, hi guys, (laughs) I have strep throat, but I'm here to audition for you. And if you think I'm horrible, just wait till the strep is gone. (laughs) Oh yeah. Do you remember what you auditioned with? Yes, I do. Um, I did. I enjoy being a girl. And uh, so, you know, in musical theater, you usually have to have like two monologues and two songs. So my two songs were I enjoy being a girl and can't help loving that man in mind, but like a jazzy arrangement. Oh my God, of it. I love that song so much. And I've done a lot. Yeah. Um, so I did those, those two. And I think, gosh, I actually don't remember what my monologues were because there were a few different ones that I rotated at that if time. If it makes you feel any better, I don't remember the monologues, but I remember the songs I auditioned with, so. Oh, what did you do? Well, you know, I auditioned for musical theater and I didn't get in, <laughs> which after people hearing me sing were like, you didn't get into musical theater? And I'm like, I didn't. You have a great voice, you really do. Thank you, I know. Um, <laughs> and I think it's only gotten better too. God, that sounds so like, but like, sorry. Um, I auditioned with, um, someone like you from Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, love that song. And who will buy from Oliver. Oh, I can't remember. And I auditioned for the head of the musical theater department at the time, who I don't know if the name is going to come up in our conversation, but it probably will. (laughs) Um, and she said, what else do you want to do? And I told her how I want to direct and all this stuff. And she goes, I think it'll be really good for the BA program, but you can always re-audition for musical theater. 
Mm. So I actually got into PACE as a BA, but Mm. I was taking all the BFA classes. And because I impressed people so much with my, my role in the food chain as a character, I will one day turn into B. Um, (laughs) Grant, uh, that is a guy who works at PACE. He was like, cause I was meeting with him to like figure out my classes and he goes, why don't you just become a BFA? He's like, you're taking all the BFA classes. We can use your food chain performance as your audition. So you don't have to re-audition. I'm like, okay. And then I walked into the office with him and doc was there and Grant goes, yeah, so she's going to be a BFA and we're going to use the like the food chain as her audition. And he goes, okay. And that's like, ah. that's how I became a BFA <laughs> acting major. I love that. You got yeah. like, I feel like that's such a good window into how show business actually works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's always two roads into everything. There's always like front door and back door and side door. Well, yeah. And- I mean, I definitely think like, especially with these readings, um, you just, you kind of, because with readings, you don't really audition people. So you kind of base things off of like other performances that you've seen them in, you know? And I also think that I have very out of the box casting when it comes to certain things, like, you know, for reasons to be pretty, like who would cast Andrew Cobra in that role? You know, I did. And he was wonderful. And I'm very proud of that fact. And I still tell people, I'm like, I think he's great. Like normally you wouldn't play a part like that, but like, wow. And it's funny too, because like I've spoken to many musical theater people because the majority of the people we've had doing the readings are musical theater. Mm -hmm. And they've said that once you do musical theater, people don't see you for straight plays. It's true. So like even Jessica Voss was like, Mm. I'm doing a play. Like this never happens. And Cobra's like, get used to it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, I think that's such a thing just in general. People get you in mind as like, you do this thing and then that's kind of it, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, I did cast somebody based on like a romance movie I saw them in, Mm -hmm. which is another story for another time and not to embarrass myself and my non-existent love life. Um, (laughs) But no, like I cast him in a reading as like a very different part than what that is, but like I knew that he could do it. Hmm. I don't know it's just weird it's anyway so what made you decide on Pace University because it was because besides Pace and NYU those were the only actual BFAs in um, New York City I got into Montclair but that was in New Jersey and I got into AMDA but it's not I think it's like a certificate program. Like it wasn't technically like a, you know, it's not the same. Mm -hmm. And you couldn't audition outside of the program while you were going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, technically we weren't really supposed to either at first, at least. Um, I mean, they encouraged us to like later, but not in the beginning. I don't think that was a deterrent. I think I would have just done it anyway when I wanted to, but um, it was more so that I, I, I wanted like a collegiate experience and something I could potentially build on. Um, Cause I, I liked the idea of having the option to get like a higher degree. I knew that, you know, sometimes for teaching or whatever you needed a degree. So mm-hmm. um, it, it was really kind of cut and dry. I was like, cool, musical theater, BFA, boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you got to meet me. Aww. I don't even remember where or how we met, but I'm just grateful that we're still friends all these years later. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't speak to a lot of people from college still, which is fine. Mm. 
yeah uh, it happens yeah I mean I still have like a good amount of people I talk to though so yeah um so should we get into it let's do it okay so what was your experience like at pace in the musical theater department because there's been a stuff in the world about it <laughs> um and I've never asked you because it's very like not my business, but I did ask you before. And if there's something you don't want to talk about, we don't have to. I mean, and I, and I say this because people who have listened to the podcast and I've said this to you have heard me bitch about my experience at Pace, especially mm-hmm. my senior year. And everybody's experience is their own personal experience. And that doesn't mean that it's the next person's. So what was your experience like at Pace? Good and bad. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was very much, you know, a mixed bag in, in different ways. I mean, I could look through it through a lot of different lenses. Like there were, there were a lot of things I really loved about the experience. Um, I mean, everything I wanted about being in New York City was absolutely there. Um, I met incredible people. Um and I had some really good experiences. I also got my first professional job while I was still um, in in school. I think it was my junior year. Um, and that was something that our department had helped me do. So that was cool. Um, but then, you know, there were some challenges as well. I mean, just educationally, one thing that was hard for me was that we didn't have more uh, resources for those of us who, were more like musicians. So, you know, we had like, for the musical theater arrangers, we had one semester of music theory that everyone was in all together and one semester of sight singing. But both of those classes were like not broken up into um, any sort of level. So for those of us who came in with like some knowledge already, we didn't necessarily grow. So I didn't feel like I grew in my musicianship at Pace, which is something that I really regretted because um, being a vocalist is actually a way that I've worked a good amount and something that I care a lot about. So that was a bummer. Um, and then, you know, my experience there as a black woman was like, it was definitely significant. Like my race was always, I don't know, it was always a thing, <laughs> you know, like it was, there was like never a time where I wasn't aware of the fact that I was a black woman, whether it was like, oh, you have to do this show because we need you in it, you know, not because like whatever, like it would just be like kind of, you, you just felt like put in boxes a lot. Um, and I know that that's a lot of what's being discussed. And, you know, for the most part, it like, it wasn't the worst for me because, you know, it was like, like, you know, ragtime that actually, Sarah actually is a dream role that, that actually felt like a favor, you know, that went. By the way, I saw that five times (laughs) and I cried, but I think I was also like on my period when I saw it. So I like cried. So I remember getting like Pam, like a thing of Skittles because she went on his mother. I was like, you were so good. Oh oh my gosh. She was amazing. Incredible. Yeah. She really was a little La Cucaracha. Um, no, she was also great. She was great. I do remember I either heard her say it or somebody told me she said it that because there was somebody who we went to college with who was on tour doing Annie, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, the only reason I got this part is because this person's on tour. And it's mm-hmm. like, way to like diminish like you getting this role, girl. Mm-hmm. 
But yes, Ragtime was amazing. Continue. It was great. But, you know, so that experience wasn't negative in any way. That was actually one of my highlights. Um, and it's nice when things work out that way, you know, but but then I remember later there was like a time where I was being considered for a play and a musical at the same time. And it was like, oh, but you have to do the musical because this has to be a black person. It wasn't like, because you're good at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so it's tricky because there's some element of that where like, that's how show business goes. Like it just- Well, I also think that's happen. interesting too. I mean, and sorry to like not make this about race for a second um, because you're talking about it, but I just think it's interesting too, because like, the straight actors like never could get into like the musicals yeah, I know. and like the musical theater people were always able to get into the straight plays. Some, not all, but yeah, but it definitely went more that way than the other. Yeah. That's and true. Then it kind I, of I only like, remember one straight actor being in a musical. There, I'm sorry. I said, I only remember one like acting major being in a musical. Do you remember what it was? Yeah. Matt in ragtime. Matt who? Um, <laughs> Malloy. <laughs> oh, that's right. He was so funny. And Sorry, he, he goes by Forrest Malloy now. I know. I had to think about it. I'm like, oh my gosh. How because there was like Matt Roden, Matt Alford. Like, I'm not mad about that because he's such a good actor. He can do whatever he wants. Um, I just remember like senior year, they were doing, um, Cradle Rock and like even Doc knew, I was like, I'm getting this part like it's happening. And somebody told me that like, yeah, everybody thought you were going to get it. And then it ended up going to like a freshman musical theater major. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't even remember that. That's was fine. That? I ended up being oh, able to great. spend more time directing how I learned to drive. So yeah, oh, well, it all worked out then. But anyway, um, so yeah, so, you know, in some ways it wasn't bad for me because I did feel like well-liked within the department and I felt like I got to use my skill set. So most of my experience wasn't bad, except like as things got further along, um, I did feel very pigeonholed and I felt like I couldn't really grow as a student because I always had to fulfill this need of being like the black woman. And um, it really was the most problematic for me um, when it came to showcase. And this was something that I talked um, to folks about, you know, we had a, a different faculty member was in charge of our, our showcase and it was, um, someone who at the time liked to look at us with fresh eyes. So they wouldn't have necessarily have seen other performances that we did. Um, and I mean, I don't wanna go into too much detail, but I very much knew and was just put in a box of like, you're our black theater major, this is what you're going to do, or a black musical theater major. I didn't feel like there was very much consideration given to like what skills I bring, the fact that I was a legit soprano, <laughs> the fact that I I had a lot of acting experience like as a straight actor, um, more than most of my um, you know classmates the majority of, of students who graduated in the BFA musical theater program with me hadn't done as many straight plays as I had. And I think I could be wrong, but I think I was maybe the only one who did a, a main stage Shakespeare play. I don't think anyone else did, but that was never even thought of. Which one was that? Was that the Scottish Romeo, play? Romeo and, oh, Jules. Rome and Jules. I call it Romes and Jules. 
Yeah. I mean, I just remember like when Matt Alfred got cast, everyone was like, there was a freshman who got cast in this. I remember yeah. that too. It was such a big deal. We became yeah. friends at that time because we were like, you know, it was mostly upper, it was mostly um, upperclassmen who were theater majors. And then there were two of us who were younger. And I don't remember if anyone else was, was Abby in that? There's probably another musical theater person in there, but um, not a lot. I don't remember. I just remember like people like spreading rumors about them actually having sex on stage. And I'm just like, okay, great. Like, oh gosh. And that, yeah whatever (laughs) no I just remember everybody being like oh no and I remember meeting him like at Trojan Women backstage I'm like oh so you're the freshman who was in Romeo and Juliet (laughs) yeah it was it was a thing but anyway so it's it was um disheartening that they didn't really consider like who I was as a performer and I do think it was a detriment that that wasn't showcased or even attempted to be showcased. Well, you know, what's really interesting is that right. there is somebody who was older than us uh-huh. and I saw their showcase. And I like remember taking acting classes with them and for her showcase, she did a song and a monologue. She didn't do two songs. Mm-hmm. Was that ever an option for you guys? Um, not really, but I mean, it was also a problem that my class was so large. So I think part of the choice was to keep it musical because they felt like it would keep the pace going. Yeah. Um, it's fine. You know, I, I think everything works out how it's supposed to. And I think everyone is talented and doing their best, but it's, it's definitely like a huge stain on my experience that I felt like my showcase did not match. Didn't she do something from Sweet Charity? Sorry um, that I was interrupting. Hold on, sorry. So I feel like my my showcase very much did not reflect my college experience um, or like the work that I had put out. It just felt like we're going to put a sticker on you and disregard everything you've been doing for the past four years. Um, and that happened specifically because I was a Black woman. Um, so that's, it's hard that it ended on that note because a lot of my PACE experience was positive. Um, but the race relations there do need to be looked at. <laughs> um, and, you know, I hope they're doing the work because a lot of attention is being called to it as it should. And yeah. I know a lot of people had a lot of very, you know, traumatic experiences. Um, and I had some negative ones too, you know, being forced to sing material that I didn't connect with and being told to be a certain way. Um, so, it, you know, it was, it was a mixed bag for me. I, it's, it's never something I think of as like all bad or all good. And similarly with my experiences with, you know, different professors, like the one we're deliberately not naming because of all the controversy. I actually did have a lot of really positive experiences with that person. Um, well, I will say with that person, there was a lot of people did not like this professor, Um, And she like, I've never had a relationship with her, but she's always been, she was always very kind to me in certain ways. Like she let me sit in on a musical theater class and then I stopped going because it was just so early in the morning. And then I saw him like, I'm sorry, I stopped going. She's like, it's fine. Like you're not a musical theater major, you know? And she let us use mainframe studio for a show that I directed, you know? So she was always kind to me in certain aspects like that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really have much of a relationship with her. But I will, I do want to say this about you. You're kind of a bad ass because you were just <laughs> like, I'm going to do a cabaret. I'm going to put on a cabaret and you're yeah, yeah. all going to come and see me. And I said to you, <laughs> if you ever want me to sing with you, let me know. Because I hoard myself out to everybody in college. I was like, hey, if you want me to do your show, like, let me know. I'm available. 
And I feel like I've said this to you before, but you were the only one who's ever taken me up on that offer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if, and when I ever do a cabaret, it's going to be called look, my can sing. (laughs) Uh I'm going to have you as one of my featured people. And we're going to sing move on from Chicago. Like we did. You're so sweet. I love it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, cause I mean, to your point, it was always, I always did feel bad that, like you said, it was unequal. There were a good number of musical students, musical theater students who were able to do plays, but it was much harder to go the other way. And you have a lovely voice. So yeah, I was happy. I even had people come up to me after they're like, we didn't know you could sing. I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Hidden talents. So anyway, yeah, my pace experience was mixed, but I, you know, I, I never want to talk about it all negative or all great. There were a lot of great things. Um, and I really did make some of my best friends. Like I said, started working professionally while I was there and definitely grew. I did grow a lot vocally. I had incredible voice teachers. So even though I didn't grow as much as I would have liked to musically, like that wasn't the fault of the music teachers. They were brilliant and wonderful, but you know, it's, you gotta teach, you gotta get everyone on the same page. So (laughs) we had some folks who came in with zero music theory knowledge. And so they had to teach us all at the same time, which is a tough gig. Um, But my voice teachers were amazing. Um, The department head did bump me up with some of the dance stuff. She saw that I could, that I was, you know, a decent mover. So that was helpful. I was able to start dancing more sooner. Um, So, you know, there were a lot of really great things there. Um, And, you know, the one musical I wasn't sure that I wanted to do, but ended up doing was actually really fun. So, you know, there there was what it was. Um, It was the one I did senior year. It was all shook up. And it wasn't that I didn't want to do it. It I wanted to do a play, but they were like, no, you have to do the musical because you have to be in that. And I was like, why? (laughs) But I had so much fun. That was seriously. Well, that's a really fun show. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like I remember it was like a huge deal on like Halloween because it was like the understudy performance. Like everybody went in costume to see it. Oh yeah. And we like went to TJ's after. Yeah, that was, that was a really fun show. And Donna is amazing and Rhonda and yeah, that was, that was incredible. So I am glad that I did that show. Yeah. Okay. So pace is over. Click, put goodbye. What (laughs) what happens after college? Um, Oh my gosh. What did happen after college? Uh, It was only two years ago. So I mean, yeah, you know, what happened last summer? Okay. So what happened last summer? (laughs) summer, I went to my dad's house a lot more. And it was great. It Um, was. He has a pool. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. Why is that? What'd you say? I said, why haven't I been over? Listen, I mean, I, he was like, you can stay over 4th of July weekend. I'm like, can I invite people? He's like, no, I don't want people. I don't know at my house. I'm like, then why am I staying (laughs) over by myself? Not to have people over. It's such a dad answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's okay. So right after, after that, I did some like, you know, stuff, even though my, like I said, I didn't like my showcase. Um, what did I, didn't you do something from Sweet Charity? I did. I did a trio from Sweet Charity and I, I did the song I auditioned for college with, um, uh, Can't Help Loving That Man of Mine. But the I think it's like coming back to me. Yeah, fish got a swim. That's my yeah. really bad. Uh, I used to be really good at doing Audrey McDonald, but I was just like gone. <laughs> it's fine. Um, 
So yeah, so I got some attention from Showcase, but not a lot. And I wasn't brokenhearted because I didn't even really like my package either. I was like, I wouldn't have picked me either. Um, I had the worst scene <laughs> so, partner. I'm sorry. Oh. I don't remember. I don't want to drop names. I think but... It was hard for us to see. Oh, wait, wasn't he a great actor? No. Okay, we, we need to talk. We need to talk offline because I might we'll talk offline. But like, first of all, like nobody wanted to work with me because the controversy of like people from senior year. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I just like, y'all had to do drama as a whole. There's a lot of drama. Yeah, I felt bad for you guys. <laughs> Well, the class was divided and like yeah. the people on the side that I wasn't on were the ones causing the drama. And it's like, it was rough over there. It was, it was a rough, rough time. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even send any stuff. Like, I don't even know what my life was, but um, it's all good. Yeah. I'm like trying to think back. It was hard for me to see the showcase. I don't remember if I did which I don't know how that would be possible, but I don't remember the showcase. I feel like somewhere in my apartment, maybe I got rid of them or like our senior showcase, like books with like everyone's headshots and everything. I either threw it out or I have it somewhere. It's one of the two. It's a 50-50 shot. I either have it or I don't. I either have it or I don't. And I just remember being like, oh, directing. And people are like, you shouldn't put directing on there. I'm like, but still. Do it. Yeah. Whatever. I've directed 16 oh, readings within a year, no. so. That's amazing, girl. Good for you. Thank you. And it's like, oh, I'm going to direct this Tony winner. Great. I'm not nervous. NBD. NBD. And they're like so lovely. Great. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. after pace. After pace. So yeah, so like I said, I didn't get a lot of bites from Showcase. Like it just wasn't great. But I did end up getting um, a commercial agent soon after uh, for, uh, you know, just going to a party and someone was like, you have a great look. I'm going to give you my card. And I was like, okay. Um, So I was with one agency for a little bit, did some auditions, booked some things, you know, did a few uh, like little commercial spots, um, did... And somewhere in the process, I like lost that agent, then got another, um, actually through a Pace connection. <laughs> um, and then um, more theater things. Actually, so that first rag time that I did when I was a junior, that director hired me again for another production of Ragtime. He was doing it at another theater. So that was fun. That was actually like another great experience, made a lot of friends. Um, so yeah, I was just doing the like actor shuffle thing. Um, And then I kind of started burning out a little bit. It got really hard. I wasn't booking the, you know, well-paying gigs and for a while I wasn't booking at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I kind of burned out like a couple of years in and slowed down a bit. So I don't know. I feel like I only went really hard on auditioning for maybe like two years or something, two, three years. And then I hit like, I kind of hit a wall. Um, so I had been surviving by doing um, nannying and then that led to teaching um, and I'd been ushering. Oh my gosh. So, okay. First how I got into teaching was wild. Like I was, I feel like just God decided I was going to be a teacher and it just happened. <laughs> like I always had a lot of experience working with kids. I was a nanny in 
college and I started teaching music in college as well with a company um, where I was working at a, um, a daycare. So I was doing like, you know, zero to four years old and you just be in there with your little keyboard singing songs with them. Um, so that was cute. Is that where your like Saturday night lullabies have come into play during the pandemic? No, that okay. came from a friend telling me like, you know, I would just listen. They were like, you should get a job just singing people to sleep. They were like, I would they actually called me one time like it was late he's like will you just sing me to sleep I'm really stressed out and I was like what okay we just have to <laughs> that sweet bird maybe that should be like my intro and outro music is Lisa Lamoth singing like theater enthusiast podcast <laughs> perfect so, you're hired it is it is you know it is you know hopefully for free <laughs> uh, I don't know then I'm out I'll give you one dollar. <laughs> I'm dead. Um, so yeah, I, okay. Yeah. So I had a lot of experience working with kids and then I was ushering, which was a really fun job. I think theater folk. Who did you usher? You usher once in your life. Well, that's right. You ushered when it was like on the town, right? And Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. That, that so one. I remember, I remember that because I think days. I, I interviewed to be an usher at that theater and the interview went really well. And I was talking to you about it uh-huh. and I didn't even end up getting it. Oh, I'm so sorry. I ushered at where the, I ushered at the Manetta Lane theater. Yeah. I ushered at the Union Square theater that doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, and I also ushered like. Is that where Fred Sabruta was? That yeah. One? No, it wasn't. That's the Daryl Roth theater where that was. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I finally saw years ago and it was super fun. But my friends and I were like, we're not going to get wet. Because um, we're like, we're good. Um, and then I ushered at the Orpheum Theater where Stomp is. So I think I worked there like a handful of times. But then I got my merch job and I'm like, I'm going to go work at Broadway theaters. Yeah. <laughs> so, and like, that's how I became like really good friends with like a lot of people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. No, I mean, that's why I say that. I think any, any, any of the like front of house gigs are amazing because you get to meet the most incredible folks. You get to meet, um, you know, the actors working on the show, everyone. Also, I just want to say this about that because I've had discussions with actors during rehearsals and I'm always just like, guys, always be nice to people because people (laughs) in front of house talk (laughs) and everybody knows what certain people are like. Because yeah. everybody talks. I mean, that's that's the whole industry in every capacity, unfortunately. I will say yeah. there's maybe like, well, there's one person who I had like the most, he, they were just like so disgusting to me at a Mama Mia party. Mm. And we saw a show with them in it. I'll tell you after. And um, yeah, just like, Mm-mm, no bueno so I would like never work with him or oh, her <laughs> no people talk yeah yeah it happens it happens but but for the most part my you know I actually we had so much fun I I was at okay it was called the Foxwoods Theater it's now the Lyric Theater mm-hmm. and I was there for the entire run of Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark which that was my brother and sister's first Broadway show Oh boy. <laughs> we saw Matt Kaplan as Spider-Man. 
okay get it yeah. yeah they you know it was that was that was fun that was really an experience we are all bonded for life because of what a wild ride that was actually the um this film that I'm working on now is a you know I got that through a friend that I got ushering so anyway oh, cool. I really ushering. that was fun but also another thing I was doing because we're always hustling right ever since college was I would occasionally work as a dresser so going back to my mom right who's mm -hmm. this incredible designer and seamstress and everything else she worked as a dresser um excuse me on Broadway for years and years and she worked as a costumer on uh soap opera for years and years and years um, can I and ask which soap yeah one life to live okay I only watched all my children ah well yeah. my friend's mom worked on all my children I mean same studio yeah. so all right one life to live was that the one that David was on David Freemary Gregory David A. Gregory um I don't think they he was there when I was there I only know he was like there the last like three years it got canceled right was it one life to live yeah They're, most of them are gone now which is very yeah. sad. well no yeah. because like i'm friendly with him and i um he was on my podcast hmm. Not, oh, fun. But, yeah. yeah 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 it's okay so um yeah so anyway the abc studios is right across from lincoln center so my mom knew a, a good number of folks who worked at the met and so they were doing a production of war and peace which was you know the biggest show ever and they were like please send us anyone who knows anyone anything about costumes because we need more dressers and my work study job in college was working in the costume shop with the lovely and talented yeah. Anne Lomel rest her soul oh my gosh she was amazing um, yeah, sure. and she only liked a handful of people and I luckily was <laughs> one of them so yeah I you was. know why because I you know because I worked on the wigs I think yeah. I pulled the record for like fastest wig steamer like oh. I remember I was steaming wigs and I went she's like you're done I'm like yeah the trick is because like, so like these are, the, let's say like these are, this is the wig, right? Uh -huh. So I'm doing my hand very weird. So like, this is the wig. So what you would do, cause you, she, how they taught her, like you steam it individually. The trick was to put the steamer on the bottom. So all the steam would go up. Oh, look at you with your little techniques. Mm -hmm. Okay, Allison. Yeah. So, so people set the thing. wigs. I steam, I did it like, She's like, you want to see? I'm like, I will steam wigs. I won't like design them, but if you ever need me to steam a wig, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was amazing. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, so working with her in the costume shop had me prepped and ready to start being a dresser. So that was something I had done kind of intermittently, like throughout, you know, my first couple of years out of college and in college. Um, and that was how I got into dressing, which is like my main other hustle right now. So I spend, I split my time now between being a dresser and an actor singer. So that's kind of how that pathway soon to be songwriter no i have no idea i just thought that had a nice <laughs> ring to it why not i mean yeah. as many flashes as possible then i still yeah. am always interested in youth development and yeah. social justice and you know, well i did put on instagram actor singer broadway dresser costume designer i saw thank you you're welcome i also just like <laughs> loved your photo because it's like she doesn't send me a photo it's gonna take the one from facebook Oh, it's fine. And, you're just like, <laughs> and your photo's like, hey, I'm here. It's so great. I loved it so, so much. Thank you. So, Shout out to MBJ Photography. Wait, one more time. Who? MBJ Photography. Holler. I feel like I should get a headshot, but like, what do I need one for? Um, Why not? Right? You need them, though, as a director, you do. 
Well, I do. I did a photo shoot like in October for my podcast, but you know, we'll see what happens once the panning is kind of almost over with like these readings. Who knows? I don't know. Oh, I did. T- hey, Mai, I know you're listening. Um, shout out. <laughs> hey, Mai. Love hey, you, Mai. What's up, mushy bushy? <laughs> um, I saw her this past Saturday and I was like, Mai, tell me what I need to do. And are you producing any of these things that I've directed? Yes, please. And thank you. So I talked to her about it. Um, but who knows, like I have a good working relationship with Neela Butte, so who knows? And I, I actually, I don't, I didn't even tell you this. I am officially a paid director. <gasps> hey, I congrats. got paid a blank amount of money. They're like, we're going to pay you this much. I'm like, I think you should pay me this much because I was also bringing in a tech person. I mean, it wasn't like hundreds of dollars, believe me. They're like, we're, you know, we're a nonprofit. Like, I was like, you can pay me this much money. Um, but yeah, I directed a virtual region, uh, virtual reading of a Neil Butte play, uh, for a regional theater in New Jersey. Congratulations, my dear. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm officially like a paid director. People should respect me now. <laughs> um, okay. I'm just like looking at my list of like questions. So actually let's talk about your, your Bridgeway debut as a, Broadway dresser how'd you get once on this island which by the way like I am so happy I saw it before it closed but also Uh, part of me is like I can't believe I saw it like the week it ended oh gosh that show like I remember putting on Facebook afterwards like in all caps like why is this show closing Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and honestly my biggest thing was making sure that I saw Alex Newell in the Uh show then I, I don't care. Like, I just need to see him. Mm, yes. I do. didn't see Norm, though. Oh. But, that's like, hey, okay. Quentin's amazing. So, you yeah. Know. Well, no, he got, well, oh. I think you, I think everybody who knows me, yourself included, know that I, I love me some Norm Lewis. Oh, my gosh, girl, me too. And oh God, did I ever, a human being, also. Um, excuse me. I worked merch at Porky and Bess. <laughs> and we sold his CD there. So, like, in front of me is the merch booth, right? And I'm standing here behind it. And then he comes in to my left and he's there. And I'm like, <laughs> and I don't remember what I said or who said something, but he literally like, if this is like his arm, he did this to me. Uh-huh. And then he, he's like, oh, ha, ha. And then he left and I was like, oh, was just touched my arm. I know. No, I saw Phantom of the Opera just because he was in it. He's oh. one of three people I want to sing me to bed at night. No offense. It's fine. Um, He'd be everyone's list, I think. I just love him so much. It's butter. I can just talk for hours about how I love Norm Lewis. <laughs> I do. I love Norm Lewis so much. And like, I would watch like Stars in the House once in a while and like Norm Lewis appeared once and I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> and then he sang a song from the whiz and I was just like watching because I was watching it on my tv because I have a smart tv and I was like norm. yeah sorry I'm done now do you want to talk about your love for Audra <laughs> I will be here all day it's okay I you know we won't well, we are going to talk about your top door <laughs> going theater experiences but on my list mm-hmm is Audra in Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill. I did merch for it 
And I really, really like that front of house staff and the house manager of that theater. Everyone is like super, super nice. Um, and I've worked a lot of front, like I've worked at a lot of theaters. <laughs> um, and one of my like good friends, you, he, it doesn't matter. Um, he worked at front of house as like the cleaner and he would do headsets. I feel like I've asked you before if you've known him and you're like, I don't know. But they're like, they, we don't have a seat for you, but like, we'll have you sit on this cushion. So I sat on a cushion, like in the theater and I watched her. And then I remember specifically once my shift was over, because every time my merch shift was over, I was call my mom and I called my mom. I was like, mom, it was like a master class in acting her performance. Like it's kind of unfair how good she is at anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, she's just like off the charts. It's not even right. Yeah. Anyway. So how did once on this Island come about? Yeah. You know, that was just <laughs> right place, right kind, kind, right. What? Right place, right time. Welcome to my brain. Continue. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I, It was the spring and the season at the Met ends around May. It starts, it starts really lightening up though before that. And we're all, most of us are per diem. So, you know, we start having less and less shifts as the season goes along. So I was looking for a summer job and um, had heard that they were looking over over at once on this island so I dropped off my resume and I don't remember how but I, I had a friend who worked there and we we don't remember where we met I think she actually might remember it might have been at um so, oh it was second stage no we do I totally know we met at second stage because I was a child guardian um uh at this theater so I dropped off my resume and she saw my name was like oh my gosh yes so she was able to like you know say nice things about me so I got an interview and where did you drop off your resume so for the two people plus my who are listening (laughs) no seriously um so three people one of which is my hey my um I'm just gonna shout her out like every podcast now what up um I told her I'm like you can invite my you can invite me to places now we don't live together I don't work until eight o'clock most nights or ever anymore it's so great girl it's nice to only have one job right isn't that such a thing for us yeah no I mean I actually did have two jobs up until like January 1st 2017 Mm -hmm. no two yeah because like I retired from merchandise um, when Fiddler closed. Because mm. I'm like, I think I'm good. I'm like, I'm going to be 30. I don't, I just aged myself. <laughs> um, I was like, I'm going to be 30. I don't want to work. In, and this is just me. Like if you're like 80 years old and working merchandise and you fucking love it, like live your life. Just for me, I was like, I don't want to stand like, for 30 minutes in a cold theater front of house and like nobody's coming up to you like it's boring I don't want to do that (laughs) yeah I'm like I have a very like yes I only work four days a week with my old job but like my old job is exhausting like if you're having a horrible day or you feel like shit you have to mask that with like oh my god welcome to New York hey like you have to you have to be on for people 
And like people who don't experience that or live that job don't realize how exhausting it is. And like, it's, you know, compared to being a lawyer, it's a pretty easy job, but you know, like being a concierge for six and a half years was like, I'm done. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. I know the the job shuffle is such a thing. I mean, two jobs. I very frequently had three to five jobs. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) only having one job was a really big transition for me. Yeah. (laughs) So I I have a life. Right. And particularly when I was doing more of the like teaching artist work. Oh, I never finished that story. I'm Um, sorry. We get sidetracked and I told you. No, no, it's fine. I think I'm in the middle of like two stories right now. I don't even know what I'm talking about, but the short version is all at one time I had three different people from three different places say you should come teach with me so that was how I got into teaching but the teaching artist life even if I was only with one company because I was often with one company um you know if I had three different jobs through them it felt like three different jobs or like three different placements you know like I was teaching Mm -hmm. music here acting here something else there you know it would feel like three separate jobs so I would often be doing that and dressing or doing that and nannying or doing that and ushering or some combination of all of it you know can I just say god bless you because I worked at a dance studio like years ago and I was also a camp counselor for a couple years when I was a kid and I was like I just I can't like I don't want to watch other people's children (laughs) I'll watch my niece if I'm ever asked but like I don't want to watch people's kids I'm sorry unless I'm related to them like it doesn't really interest me that's fine it doesn't have to yeah yeah anyway so you were talking we got totally sidetracked now I can't even remember the first thing (laughs) but I asked you where you dropped off your resume to become a dresser. Uh, I was about to say one life to live, but once on this island. Yeah, at the stage door. And you just, okay. I just asked them to give it to the wardrobe supervisor. So the stage door there would be the box office. No, the stage. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. mm, kind of. You give it to the box office and they kind of hold it for the stage yeah. door. I know that theater is is a weird one. Yeah, I, what sh- I worked soul doctor there. I like to call it, we jokingly called it soul doodle because like on the marquee, it looked like doodle. And then I came up with a theme song for it. Soul Uh doctor, he will save your life. No, it was a soul doctor. I don't even remember, but it just started like soul doctor, save your soul. He'll save it with rock soul doctor. He'll save it with rock and roll. That's what it was. Hmm. I think I only worked like one shift there. I worked like one or two shifts of fun. No, I think I worked more shifts at fun home. Worked a lot at Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill. Mm-hmm. That was fun. And then I'm trying to remember what else. I don't. That was it. Yeah. Brain farts. And then okay, once on this island, you get the call. Got the call. You got the call. <laughs> and, you, and they're just like, yeah, you're just gonna like dress the goat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. So what happens? Like what so for those people who are listening who want to know what a Broadway dresser does, mm-hmm. what does a Broadway dresser do? Your main job is to maintain the costumes and uh keep them, you know, running throughout the show. So it's, you know, there's an element of prep, there's an element of repair, and then there's an element of just setting, presetting, helping with quick changes. Um, and then a large part of it is also just, you know, being with the actors and um, 
some dressing jobs have more of an element of this than others, but you're with folks, you're making sure they have a good performance and you're making sure they're set to go before the show. You're, you collect their costumes from them after the show. Um, and you know, you're kind of in there as their buddy. They see you at the beginning of their day and the end of their day. So, you know, you're, you're in the room with people. So you have to be their friend as well. Yeah. And play nice with everyone because theater is so small. You, you just, you play nice with everyone. Again, people talk. <laughs> and I mean, people experience, you know, that's the thing. If, if you're a jerk, you're going to be a jerk to everyone and people will know. Or even if you're only a jerk in certain rooms or around certain people, folks, the walls are small. People will hear you. <laughs> you know, no so, one you know earlier when I said that this person was like a total ass twat to me at a Mamma Mia party, mm-hmm. this upcoming reading we have coming up, I'm like, this person would be really good for it, but I'm never going to ask them because they're a fucking asshole. Mm. Part of my French. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that yeah. happens, but you know, for the most part, it's great. And being at once on this island was was a cool experience. The show is uh, was stunning. Like I actually got to see it before, um, uh, before I ever had an idea to work there. I don't even think I was looking for a job when I saw it, um, but that would be one of my top theater going experiences because I mean, they absolutely transported you. Just the whole creative team was amazing. The concept of making it feel like an island. It was not fun to work on. It was not fun. Nobody wants to work on a show where everything's covered in sand and everything's covered in water and everything. I've heard the story <laughs> of the sand. Nobody wants to work on that, but as an audience member, it was stunning and it absolutely did its job in transporting you to the island. Um, and then of course our cast was just amazing. Like I, I said, still- an American uh, Idol to my regret because of you. Oh, oh yeah, oh, my heart. I love her. I love her. I love her. I love her. I think I spent the most time, I was in the room with um, uh, Urzuli and uh, Papa Gay the most. And so I spent the most time with her because just the length of her contract. Um, and she's just a delight. I, I worked with such lovely people on that show. So yeah, experience. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, because of you, I got to meet the goats. I mean, they're <laughs> got to meet the goats. I'm like, yes. Oh my gosh. Our actual goats. I, love I got to goats. meet the goats from one. Th- I think <laughs> I clearly don't think they liked me. Um, and then we like their goats yeah I saw them after the show and they didn't like me either they liked me during the show I would bring them treats but then afterwards they were like "Mm, I'll just never forget the Tony performance where like one of the actors is like trying to give Nathan Lane something to feed the goat and he's just looking (laughs) at that like no Yeah. Oh, I do remember that. That was funny. Yeah. And then like there was one guy in the audience on stage, people were wooing, and he's like, Oh, time to woo. Woo! Oh, I didn't get that. That's funny. There's like very specific things I remember at that Tony performance. Um, okay, <laughs> so once on this island, unfortunately closes. What's yeah. next? Um, I took a little break because like I said, that show was actually hard and, um, it was hard on my body. I was having a lot of issues with the right side of my body. It was, um, physically demanding and, and it was stressful. Like, even though it was mostly amazing, there was a lot of drama in the wardrobe room specifically. So I kind of needed a break after that show. Mm -hmm. I was like, loved everyone outside of that room (laughs) and most of the folks in it but um I yeah so I kind of took a little break after that 
um, which was nice. It's nice to breathe because we were also on a five show weekend. So for our, you know, our theater folks out there, you know, your producers will set their schedule as they see fit. And there is kind of a standard Broadway schedule, but oftentimes, you know, they'll deviate from that, which is a smart thing to do, because if you have a show when other people don't have a show, you make more money. And, you know, that's, it's all well and good. You had Sunday nights, right? And you guys were off Wednesdays? So- yeah, we were off on Wednesdays, which was hard because you started kind of getting shot out of a cannon. Like you, yeah. you had a show Thursday, a show Friday, and then like no recovery, Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then Monday, and then Tuesday, and then you're off. Whereas most shows, you know, you're off on Monday, you like slowly go in, two shows, break, a little mm-hmm. one show, one show, two show, one yeah. show, then you have your night off, then you have a day off, then you go it back in at night. So it just it didn't really feel as restful. You only had, you know, just having one day off and not having a full day after. So, um, or you did, I don't know. Anyway, it was just a weird schedule (laughs) and it was hard on my body. It was hard on a lot of people's bodies. So Mm -hmm. um, there was a good amount of rotation there, but anyway, it it was a fun experience and a beautiful show. So afterwards I took a little bit of a break and then, I don't know. I feel like time kind of all bleeds together. I think I went back and did some more, um, some more of my work in schools. At that point, I was doing restorative justice coordinating, which is, uh, like I said, um, the part of me that loves social justice. Because to me, it all, all of who you are goes into who you are as an artist and a person. Like it's all very you know, fluid and together and it all bleeds into each other. So I was doing a lot of social justice work and I did another dressing job at the shed, um, a show called Dragon Spring Phoenix Rise, which was so fun. It was so fun. It was like summer camp. (laughs) We loved it. It was a quick little, I don't even know. I don't even know how long that show ran, maybe six weeks, maybe longer. It was a limited engagement. um, And it (laughs) was, it was it was a ride but it was really fun and I got to work with um that show was primarily dancers um and they were lovely and I was I was working with the uh, principal dancer on it um and she was so great so you know that was really fun um and then gosh I'm trying to remember I think I did get back to more teaching more auditions didn't you Um, do some sort of like horror like oh okay I forgot a couple things okay I did I did another musical too in St. Louis I think that was before once on this island which was a really fun experience with a lot of friends um actually friends of mine from church wrote it based on the book of acts it was so fun I got to be a principal in that that was an amazing experience um there were actors from New York and LA and just different parts of the country so that was really really fun um and then I did a play. Yes, <laughs> I did a Halloween play. <laughs> I remember. Um, yeah, that was really fun. Um, at the Tank, um, shout out to our writers, um, Brandon and Ella Rose. They are amazing. Our director, Julia. Um, that was that was a really fun experience. It was funny. Yeah, it was it was 
very sound heavy. It was very tech heavy. And I got to play a scientist and say lots of sciencey words. And it was fun for me. I mean, again, going back to like, being, I work for a medical company now who does like straight theater every so often you're like, do I still have these muscles? And so it was cool because I had so much text. I had so much speech and um, I was nervous about that, but it all worked out and was really fun. And actually we got nominated for a Drama Desk Award for a short we did later based on that play. So that was exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you a Drama Desk nominee or just like a part of something that was nominated? I I think I'm a part of something that was nominated, but you know, I'm a nominee. (laughs) I'm a nominee guys, adjacent. Yeah, right. So that's, that was really cool. Yeah. So later during, during the pandemic, I mean, obviously it was terrible, but the silver lining was that we were able to rest and be creative in different ways. And that was one of the projects I did. Um, They uh, wrote a piece for AFO shorts and uh, the segment got nominated. Um, So it was cool. It was kind of a continuation of the play. Like, you know, Well, let's not forget your most favorite part of the pandemic was filling in for tech for one of the readings. I <laughs> Where you That's called right. me before you're like, I'm not going to curse. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like, you're fine. And you're like, I hope you remember. I was like, Lisa, I don't care. Just, just come and be here and it's fun and you'll, you'll be great. Great. It was great. It was fun. So yeah. So a few little actory things. I did another play too. I feel like everything is like going out of my mind right now. I, I, I can't think straight because as we'll get to, I'm costuming a film right now. And like all I'm, uh, that's like front and. By the way, like when I honestly, when I found out you were doing it, I texted you and uh-huh. then I even texted the lead actor writer because I know them. And they're like, who is this person? I was like, how do you guys like not remember each other? I was like, it's Lisa. And I had to like text him a photo. I'm like, we were going to do stuff with her. And he goes, oh yeah, like, oh, my chair is so squeaky. I'm so sorry. I've been in this chair since like 7.50 something this morning. Oh, it's fine. It happens. It happens. Um, but yeah. So how did Mrs. Doubtfire come about? That was a call. So one of my um, former supervisors at the Met became a supervisor on this show and he called me and he said, hey, I'm doing this show. I would love to have you on my crew. Are you available? Um, and I actually like kind of debated it a little bit because I had a teaching job that I loved. But then I was like, I, first of all, love working with this man. Shout out to James. He's the best dresser and the best James. Boss, everything. Um, I love working with James. So I don't want to miss that. And also Doubtfire, like so fun, right? And I'm so grateful I said yes for a myriad of reasons. Um, the, the dressers on that show are amazing. So shout out to all the dressers of Mrs. Doubtfire on Broadway. Y'all are the best. It's such a fun crew. And I mean, we've had a text chain going throughout the pandemic. You know, we all like say hey to each other on like birthdays and, you know, occasionally send funny gifts or memes or whatever. So it's a good crew. And the cast is also lovely. Our producers are lovely. They've really been great. You also have my Broadway talent crush as Doubtfire. Oh my gosh, girl. So I want to say this. I don't know if you know this, the people listening know this, but I am a little psychic. Are you? I am for many reasons. One of them being, I remember specifically my old apartment standing in my kitchen being like, I'm going to post on Facebook tomorrow. 
that I feel like one day they're going to turn Mrs. Doubtfire into a musical and it's going to star Norbert Leo Butts. So I posted that on Facebook. Like an hour or two later, they announced that they are turning Mrs. Doubtfire into a musical. That's crazy. I got the casting wrong. <laughs> the musical part, right? Yeah. And like, as sad as I am that it's not Norbert, uh, I love Rob McCoy. No, yeah, Rob, Rob is it. I love yeah. Norbert too, but I, Rob is it. He's, I think, oh, I feel like this is everything. his pony. He is everything, and he's a lovely human being. Like, I know. Yeah, and well, I've never met him, but I just yeah, he's also been very active with the whole BLM movement and helping our show to be socially conscious and equitable. Yeah. And he he's just a good human all around. Like just yeah. he's a good egg and ridiculously talented. It's not even right. So again, he's my Broadway talent crush. Mm-hmm. I just love and adore him <laughs> so much. Yeah. Um, so okay. So doubtfire, like. Yeah. Are you going back when it comes back? I am. Yep. So we'll be back in October and I will be back as the children's dresser. I'm Do you remember? This is like, this is numbers. What'd you We're say? I work with our five youngest members and the kids dresser and they are delightful. We have a lot of fun. Do you want to hear like the sad things? Like, Hey, Lisa, I'm coming to see Doubtfire. Let's see you after. Oh, great. Like whoa, 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 backstage pandemic is coming hey so i'll meet you at the stage door because you can't come backstage yeah no broadway's canceled (laughs) (laughs) whoops yeah that was a wild progression i will never i actually i went to um dinner with one of my friends who's a stage manager um she was a I don't remember if she was in rehearsal at the time or she was between and just in midtown, but we met up and then one of the girls from the cast and we all went to dinner and we were like, what is this Corona thing? They keep talking about it. It's a big deal. Should we, you know, and then like, literally, I think, I think that was that Wednesday between shows. I think it was that day or the next day that everything was canceled. Yeah. Uh, it was wild. It was, you know, the usher who got it right. Like personally, I do. I do too. Guy. Yeah, he's. We'll talk about we'll we'll talk about my experience with that person after. Yeah, but I felt so bad for him. I'm glad he's well and he's yeah. a blessing to many. So, anyway, it's it's a wild ride in this life, but but it's been interesting. I mean, I okay. So I'm like remembering now. I'm like, what actor things have I done? I did some voiceover work. I did some singing for a couple different gigs, um, some concerts, and then I got to dance in a music video for Alicia Keys and again I told you at the beginning of this I'm not a name dropper but that was like the biggest blessing ever (laughs) first of all what's a music video why okay you can't see I will tell you afterwards but you can't see me in it first of all it's a very hard music video to find it's one love which is very hard to find uh but you can't really see me in it so I didn't really blast it that hard it's like a dark club scene and like at first it seemed like I was going to be in a lot and then I like wasn't but it's fine I booked the job Mm -hmm. and I like telling the story because Allison you know I'm a very faithful person I know like Ah, and it was just like this is God. Like this is just. That's why I said like you're not gonna do Frankie and Johnny. Oh, you know what? That's the only Audra show I haven't seen, so I can't actually say if I would do it or not. Well, like question though, like you didn't see because you didn't get a chance, or because they were naked. No, I just didn't get a chance. I don't remember. Oh, it didn't last very long. But yeah, and it's it's been a little. It's been so crazy. I. 
if I was on a show, it would have been really hard for me to see it. I think I was on a show when that was. Who knows? It happened. It it was there, and now it's gone. Yeah, it's hard to. That's one thing about theater. When you're on a show, it's a blessing, but it's also really hard for you to see theater. Yeah, (laughs) I will say like that was the thing with merch too. It was hard to see. Mm-hmm. And then when you get an off night, the last thing you want to do is go to Midtown into the theater district. No, thank you. Well, I don't live that far, so I can't complain. <laughs> yeah, but even still, I just, I don't want to. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. Like, I have a friend who works at Lincoln Center, and I fucking love Lincoln Center. And he's like, I'm like, oh, Lincoln Center. He's like, eh. I'm okay. He's yeah, like, I work there, so like, I don't want to like be there. I get it. If you're off, I want to like go to Yankee Stadium or just stay at home or something else. Yeah. Or like, do something totally not theater, you know? Um, so, oh gosh, what was I talking about? I don't, I don't remember. My brain is like, because oh, Alicia, please. oh, because sorry, my chair, video. I'm getting comfy. No, it's fine. This video, oh my gosh. So first of all, my audition was wild because I got the, the days mixed up and I just completely like <laughs> forgot about I didn't forget I did not forget about it because it was like plastered in my brain and I actually went a day early because I was thinking it was like Wednesday and it was like a Thursday and I was like I'm on my way I'm so excited and I called my manager to ask him a question They're like no it's tomorrow and I was like ah and then I went the next day but I went at the wrong time slot altogether and I was like I am not gonna book this job because they're going to think I'm crazy because I'm like an hour late because I thought it was like a whole different time slot. And like, you know how it goes at auditions, they see people in groups, right? So as I'm there, I'm seeing like all the, you know, black Lindy hoppers are no longer there. I'm now there with a bunch of kids. And then there's like, you know, because you see people in type. So they're seeing kids and then they're seeing like, you know, Asian couples. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in the wrong group all together. <laughs> and then I see another Lindy Hopper come who was like also, I guess, having a day. So we were like, yes, you're here. Okay, good. So we were like practicing together in the hallway. Like, what moves do you know? What moves do you know? Because I'm not like, and, you know, in New York, I think people have like specialties about things. Like if you're a Lindy Hopper, you're like a Lindy Hopper, like, you know, everything about it. And I don't like, know what Lindy Hopper is. So Lindy Hop is a style of dance that okay. is right before swing. So it's like that type of movement. So I could like, I kind of know it. I can kind of do it, but I'm not like a pro, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, I could fake it. Cause when they called me, they were like, so we have an audition. Can you do it? And I was like, I don't know. And they're like, it's for Alicia Keys. So I was like, yes, I will do it. So I went to class. I found a swing class and a Lindy Hop class. And I just went and then I showed up at the audition. But anyway, so I, everything was like feeling like it just wasn't going to be a thing. And then I went in there and I was like, I'm not good at learning choreography. Like that's my, that is my fatal blow as a, as a, you know, dancer. I dance well, I move well, but oh my gosh, things just don't stay in my head. So I was like, this is going to be bad because I'm going to get there late. And if they're doing a combo, I'm not going to learn it. But that wasn't the case. It was just, you know, people in groups. And then they had us go in and freestyle. And I was like, oh, I'm really good at that. (laughs) You know, that was how I got my other commercial also. Um, So I I booked the job, which was amazing because I was like, and I didn't think I was that good at the style of dance and I didn't think I would learn the combo and it just all worked so that's just my story for like when something is meant for you it is meant for you and it will happen and Alicia Keys is like oh I just love her she keeps falling in love yeah she just 
kind of always like been it for me. Like she's always, there's something just really special about her to me. So yeah. the fact that, that was like my like big thing that I booked that year was amazing. Um, and it was a really fun experience too. But yeah, anyway, ultimately you can't see me in the music video. So that's why you've never seen it. You, know you were there <laughs> and you got to experience. Right. And when they called to say that I booked it, they said, she picked you herself. I lost my whole mind. They were like, she watched all the videos, like she picked herself. And I was like, oh my gosh. So we're best friends is the moral of the story. Um, yeah, I'm best friends with Neil Abute. I get it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> he and I are besties. Like uh, Coco Marshall's like, yeah, you guys are best friends. I was like, exactly. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite role you've ever played? Um, yes. I mean, my easy answer is always Sarah because that was my dream role and um, I got to do it in college and it was so fun and I, I love ragtime. So um, that's, that's the one I always like go to first um, just because of all the anticipation. Um, but I really did have so much fun in All Shook Up. I loved playing Lorraine. So they were both favorites. Uh, I'm just looking at my like list of things, you know, like questions. I'm like, where, where do you see like your career going like future wise? <laughs> Is that like a loaded question? Like, where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah, I don't know anybody who survived 2020 and feels like they could plan anything. That's my answer to that. The goal is and has been to be on Broadway preferably as an actor, but I like dressing as well. Um, and to, you know, I, listen, we don't know what's going to happen <laughs> at all ever, but I'm going to always be moving towards like, you know, doing great work that excites me and making friends and I don't know, being inspirational and helpful to people and hopefully making the world a better place and being socially responsible and active. That's, these are the goals. I just had like a really excitable moment looking at you. Like, I'm just so happy you're on my podcast. <laughs> oh, Lisa's on my podcast. I just got like so happy and excited. Just yeah, like yeah. looking at you answering that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I can't see like my reaction to you right now. Like, mm, I love it. So let's talk about your top going theater experiences. Or, you know what? Let's do dream roles first because that kind of segues better into what you were just talking about. What are the dream roles? I'm never good at this question. Like, it's an important question that they ask you. Listen, some, listen, some people have answers of, like, it hasn't been written yet, or it's, you know, Captain Jack Sparrow. I say that because I have a Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean lamp I'm looking at right now. Um, you know, I had somebody saying, like, it's not necessarily a dream role, but it's, like, being in certain people's orbit. Uh -huh. to kind of like maybe create something with them or just like you know so yeah yeah I think that's how I would kind of answer as well like my my truest answer is I feel like it hasn't been written yet that's always kind of how I answer that um and I I'm excited about all the things that are happening with black theater I would I am excited to see more stories that center around black joy and that's what I want to be a part of. Um, I want to see you do a Shakespeare production in Central Park. That's I, I want to see you do Shakespeare at the Delacorte, giving me a comp ticket. Um, 
the truth comes out. No, seriously. <laughs> I want to see it because you're yeah. very like, and I told you for this podcast, like I saw you as Blanche in college and like, you were a great Blanche. That was fun. Yeah, you were. that was an all colored cast. Yeah, I will say that was a very long production. And I was just like, we did it uncut. We did. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm fully aware. Cause I was sitting there. I was like, can I pretend to be sick and leave? No, you cannot support yeah. your friends. But no, I, I stayed, but it's also a very small space that was, it was performed in two. So I think that added to it, but mm-hmm. you were wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. That was a really, that was a cool experience. Shout out to Steven for the opportunity. Um, and I hope you're well, dear. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a really cool thing to do. Um, and that was a cool role, but oh, she was heavy. She was heavy. It's hard when you carry, when you're playing roles of of people who have such intense circumstances, because you carry it with you. And that is something with ragtime and, you know, other, a lot of these shows that center around the black experience is they're heavy and you have this over awareness of injustice in your mind all the time because Mm -hmm. as you know when you're in a production it's always in your mind um and so it can be hard i remember specifically when that show ended feeling like a weight the weight of blanche was lifted because she was so dark she was so hurt she was so broken um and just you know desperate and hanging on to anything so um yeah it's those roles are meaty and exciting and I do want to do more of them, but I also really next want to do something that centers around joy. I think that's the next thing I want to do. Yeah. Well, you, Mrs. Doubtfire is coming back and that's, you know, that is joy. Core is just joy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what are your top going theater experiences? Okay. So first and foremost, so back to Shakespeare. So one of my favorite is uh, favorite plays is Midsummer. And oh my gosh, did you see the production that was at theater? Oh, you froze. Oh, we're still frozen. I'm going to riff. Oh no. Oh, I hear you. There you are. Okay. okay. So you were doing I, this. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, Sorry. Where was this production? And no, I haven't seen it. Oh my gosh, the one that was at theater for a new city in Brooklyn. Honey, I don't do Brooklyn. Okay, that's I a problem. I did go see, what did I see? I went to see, oh my God, shit, Streetcar Named Desire at St. Mm-hmm. Anne's Warehouse though with Ben Foster, Vanessa uh-huh. Kirby before The Crown, before she was like- Right, right. And Gillian Anderson. It was incredible. I believe it. Yeah, I heard that was amazing. Um, That was five years ago. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this production was directed by Julie Taymor. It was not very long after Spider-Man. I just, her eye is amazing. And that space is really, really flexible. So Mm -hmm. it was opened up almost entirely and it made it entirely immersive. I love immersive theater. So um, the chorus um, was played by children in a dance company. And that in and of itself made a really cool effect because they were like, just visually, they were just these little white creatures running around. Like they were painted, their bodies were painted white and gray from what I remember, maybe I'm wrong, but they were just like running around and they were amazing. And 
because it was Julie, there was elements of like circus and it was colorful and it was just, oh my gosh, it was brilliant. But the handling of the text was also really fantastic. And so I really enjoyed that. It's one of my favorite experiences. Um, Passing Strange, still one of my favorite shows and I just never had seen anything like it. I still haven't. Again, just to the versatility of black actors, we don't see enough of variety like that. So that was brilliant and I loved that. Um, I did love Once on this Island. Seeing it as an audience member was just outstanding. Oh gosh, what else? Um, when I saw um, Raisin in the Sun, oh my gosh, that was my first time ever seeing Audra live. I like lost my whole mind. I was like, ah, she's real. Oh my gosh. And just not only her, Felicia Rashad, Sanal Lathan, like even um, Puff, like Diddy, like just everyone was amazing. And it was- so Well, what I heard about him and what I very much respect about what he did was because again, like you hear from front of house and they said he worked his ass off. Mm-hmm. Every day he would come in with an acting teacher doing what he needed yeah. to do. Like to do the role. And I heard he was great. Yep. Absolutely. It showed. Yeah. I heard that too. I heard that he had worked really hard to to be able to do that. And it showed, I mean, listen, being in New York city, there's so, oh my gosh. I remember seeing August Osage County when it was new. That was amazing. Um, You know, we just get access to the most amazing things. This is kind of like Turkey, but whatever my mom one of the first shows my mom worked on was 42nd street mm-hmm. and for those who don't know that show is like quintessential broadway it has all these classic broadway hits in it it's bright and flashy and they're tap dancing it's like everything you think of when you think of like broadway and she was working on that when i was um still in school and like obsessing over musical theater so i saw that show I think I was, I was one of those people who saw this, like those people. <laughs> I think I saw it like 12 times. Honey, um, you're talking to somebody who saw shows many times. Yeah. I saw it many, many, many times. And yeah. it just represented everything I wanted in moving to New York. So like that in Chicago were the first two shows I was like obsessed with and Phantom of the Opera. What was your first Broadway show? Um, uh, I'm thinking of the song Beauty and the Beast. Because I was little. <laughs> um, my first was Les Mis and I was five. So oh, cute. That's five, not so much. Five but... year old too. <laughs> oh, well, I guess technically they brought me to see Serafina when I was like very little. Because they told me that. And I was like, why did you do that? <laughs> Sarah, I don't even know what that is. Um, it's a show. Oh my gosh. It was a movie starring Whoopi Goldberg. And I know it's largely about a, apartheid, but I don't remember very much. I know it takes place in a girl's school. Um, but yeah, I don't remember very much, but I think I was like two. <laughs> they brought me in there. My mom's like, everyone kept saying how well behaved you were and how cute you were. And it's like, I'm glad that worked out. Right. My niece's first Broadway <laughs> show, she's two and it's going to be the Lion King in the fall. Oh, yay. That was one of my first. That was the show that I saw that made me say, this is what I want to do. So I guess that is my most significant theater going experience. Okay, because we only, we, we have a few more minutes. Ooh. Are you ready? I'm ready. Inside, this is the famous question from Bernard Kluf. I don't remember the name of the guy who created it, but what is your favorite word? 
delicious. You know, I feel like I say delicious weird. So that's kind of funny that you say that. I just I feel like <laughs> I say it's so weird. Anyway, what is your least favorite word? Corky or cork. They just feel wrong coming out of your mouth. What turns you on? Love. That was so cliche. That was what I thought of. And I was like, don't say that. But that was what I was thinking. Listen, my favorite word is love. So I get it. Yeah. What, turn, what turns you off? Rudeness and just general meanness, you know? Now, this next question I'm about to ask you might be a little difficult for you because you don't actually curse. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? I don't have one because I don't like them. <laughs> It's fine. You can say poopy. Um, that's why I said this question might be difficult for you. Okay. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? My favorite sound is the sound when you peel an orange and then there, you know, when you separate the little pieces, if you put it next to your ear, it's like so crisp. <laughs> it's so specific, but I'm here for it. That's my favorite sound. I'm here for it. What sound or noise do you hate? crying especially babies it's just a sad sound what profession other than yours would you like to attempt house flipping you can do it i can Thank see you. it I oh i see your instagrams where you're i just know like, i'm obsessed dream. with houses i'm obsessed with houses i really am yeah what profession would you not like to attempt oh um Probably anything super corporate, that would just be hard. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Heaven does exist. And hopefully God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Here are your students. Sorry, I had to a change. <laughs> Remember when we saw Inside the Actors Studio? Were you one of the people who got to sing to Conan? No, I was not. I, was I there for that? Why, why oh, I was. Happening? No, everybody, I everybody front of house at Schimmel knew I was there for Coco O'Brien. That's hilarious. Um, no, I don't know why. I did. But you know what? I remember they always scheduled them when we had rehearsals. They were always really hard to go to. Do you remember that? I remember being mad at that. Like, why? I like how you thought, I like how you think that I was always cast in a show. <laughs> well, whatever. And then I was that like was always in rehearsal for something. No, but honestly, that was a thing. Like they kept scheduling it when rehearsals happened. And I know like, that like, I can't remember what, I think it was like Dog Sees God I was in that you couldn't see because you had rehearsal. Yeah, it, <laughs> I can. I have rehearsal. That t-shirt is real life. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't see a lot of shows because of my schedule, but I remember that I saw Holly Berry. I cut class to see it. I actually cut an exam to see her and it was worth it. And I still She got was great. Yeah, there were a lot of really good ones. Um, Daniel Radcliffe was really good. Ray Fiennes was good. Oh, I think I saw that one. The Ray Fiennes one. Yeah. I that one. Yeah, I, 
I, re I remember that it was hard. I remember Holly Berry's because I, it was one of those classes where they like, you have three exams and they drop one and take the other two and that's your grade. And I was like, well, I'm getting A's on the other two because I'm not going to this one. Yeah. And that's what happened. <laughs> but I did, like, I had a lot of respect for her because like, she was answering questions and I think she had to go to Letterman or something. And they're like, Oh, you need to go. She's like, you know what? Let me answer some more questions. Like they can wait. And I was like, that's pretty, that's like, that's pretty awesome of you that you were like, I'm, I'm here helping people. Like, let me answer these questions. But she before I let you, cool sorry. Energy. She had a really cool energy and I liked how much of a fighter she was. I loved hearing her yeah. story. I'll also never forget like the Jennifer Aniston one. You can tell she wanted to like leave, but like James Lipton was like holding on to her. Oh, that's funny. Photos, and you can just tell she just wanted to be like, bye. Um, now before we end, I always for I feel like I always forget to ask people this, but I feel like you're gonna be a good person to ask. Mm. Why is theater important? Oh, oh my gosh. I know you're the best person to ask this question as I sip out of my hot priest mug. That's like a really loaded question to ask me when I need to like log off, but um, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Theater is important because it is, it is, and has always been the most accessible, should be the most accessible way for us to tell stories, connect to one another. It is the best way for us to learn that every role matters, whether you are the star of the show, whether you're front of house, back of house, backstage, on stage. We need everyone to make the show happen. We need the audience to make the show happen. Everyone matters. And it's such a gorgeous community and we literally make magic happen. And we can do it with nothing. That's why I love shows like Chicago, shows like Rent that have a stationary set and just, you know, or the costumes don't change, the pieces don't change. We literally make magic happen. So theater has the power to transform people and bring people together in a way that nothing else can. On that maybe music. <laughs> la, la, la. Okay, um, I'm gonna stop the recording. So hang on. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. It is so long overdue because we've been talking about this since like I started. Um, you know, I adore you. Love you too. Bye guys. Bye.